want to share. Pastor Mark already started in on where I was headed. It's, it's funny, I was looking up earlier, right before before service, I was looking up First uh, Peter, First Peter 5, 6, and 7. You don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. It says this, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So what's interesting is uh, humility in submitting yourselves to God is getting rid of what you care about. Is taking the things on your shoulders and throwing them at the feet of the Lord. That's, that's what humility looks like. And, uh, and then I was also looking at uh, Matthew 6, actually. Matthew 6, you can turn with me. It's a little bit longer of a passage I'll read. Start in verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you by worrying could add one cubit to his stature? Basically, it's a measurement of, it's like a little bit more than a foot. But it's interesting, he, he's, saying, he's making the case, what good does worrying do for you? When, you're, when, when we're consumed with worry, when we're consumed about the things going on in life, is, is that helping the situation? Many times it's doing the very opposite. Many times we're actually putting ourselves right in the way of God in the situation. No, God, I got this. I'll just worry about it and it'll take care of it. Right, that's, that's, that's good math right there. You plus it minus God. <laughs> Not going to work out so well. So, you know, there's a, there's a, do you guys remember, uh, I think it's, I think it's Joan of Arc. And, uh, and, and right before she was, she was put to death the, the, the night before, um, it said that she had, uh, I, I think a, like a brunette hair color the night before, and then the day of her execution, she, her hair was white. She had literally worried herself into being completely, uh, her hair turned white overnight. And so worry really does have an effect on you, has an effect on your body, has an effect on your health. It's not just something that is a good idea as far as to keep your mental sanity, because that, that's true, but it's also your physical health. You know, so many things are tied to worry as far as how your, your, your physical health. So uh, when we're worrying, we're literally stopping the power of God from flowing. It's the opposite of faith. Faith allows God to, to do what he said he would do. Faith is in a position where there is no worry. There is no anxiety. Anxiety is another word that kept coming up to me earlier. Where there's just this 
And, and, it, and I can tell you, some of you, it's been probably most of your life you've dealt with this type of anxiety. Where it's just on the inside, you get around certain situations or certain people or, uh, or, or you're, you know, for, for me, um, before I started to come, coming to Life Church, I had this issue where uh, I had some sort of sleep disorder is what, what I was told because I would stay up till 2, 3 in the morning, um, laying in bed, doing absolutely nothing except worrying. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm, I'm serious. It was, I was just thinking through, and I was, you know, I'm, I'm a very analytical type person. And I was just thinking about all the situations that happened that day and everything that's going to happen tomorrow, how they're going to plan out, what I can do to, 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 be, to make them successful. And I would literally stay up. And, and have to wake up at 6, 7 in the morning. And that would be my routine uh, all throughout high school, all throughout, you know, up until I started coming here, which was a little over eight years ago. And then and then the Lord totally just revealed to me. And even even in my walk with the Lord, uh, when, when I had a great relationship with him, this still stuck around for a little while. And, and it was because I didn't have the revelation that everything's going to really be okay. Everything's going to be okay. When I am with him, me plus him equals no situation that I can't overcome. He plus uh, me equals no problem I can't solve. Means there's no issue that I face that can't be figured out. And and so what ended up happening is I just got the revelation that everything's going to be okay. And it wasn't... It wasn't some teaching. It wasn't some understanding. It was getting around the presence of God and then him ministering to me personally and saying, I got you. I got you. And worry, it was hindering all those situations. It was hindering all those things in my life that I was thinking through, that I was trying to, uh, to figure out every single night. And I was, I was just stopping God from doing what he wanted to do. I mean... How annoying would it be to, to see, for, for, like, I just picture being God sometimes. It's like, I want to come in. I want to fix this situation. I want to take care of all those things that you're caring about. I'm going to make them right. I'm going to make them perfect. They're going to work out in your favor. By the end of that situation, you're going to come out smelling like a sweet rose. But I, I'm being hindered. I'm being stopped from coming in because... You're stepping in in the way. Your, your, your thoughts and your mind are all on the negative side of things. They're all on uh, the fear. Really, it's fear-driven. Fear drives worry. Fear is what drives it. And love is the opposite of fear. Love uh, cancels out fear, right? Love removes fear. So a lot of times it's... Do you have a, a, a relationship with the Lord where you're receiving love, where you're receiving his love? Um, I was also, it's almost seeming like I was getting two different messages tonight, but I'll, I'll go into the second part because it has to do exactly with receiving love and receiving from the Lord. And, uh, you know, in, in my, my growing up until the time I was, 21, I had an encounter with God that I was radically changed. And the Lord spoke to me, and it was obvious. He spoke to me. It was inside, but it was 
uh, it was clearly him. And one of the things he first said to me was, do you remember what I told you? This, that was his words. Do you remember what I told you? When he spoke that, I, I was 21. I was up late one night, and uh, it was like I had hit rock bottom. I called out to God, and he responded and said, do you remember what I told you? And he took me back to when I was 12 years old in a church I had grown up in in, in Oregon. And the pastor called me up, and it was about, I don't know, probably 60, 80 people in the church. as a small church. And uh, he says, I have a word from God for you. And he puts his hand on my head and says, Thus saith the Lord, I have called you under my, to my purpose. I have, I have uh, called you into my plan. I have set you apart. I have, and I have uh, basically the gist of it was, I've made uh, you for my pleasure. And uh, what's interesting is before that happened when I was 21, I had never thought of that prophecy at all or that word from the Lord when I was 12 years old. I had never even considered it. In fact, when I was 12 years old getting this word, I can totally remember nothing special happened. I mean, even to the point of, okay, if you say that's God, I mean... At the time, it was totally God. He later referenced it as, you remember what I said to you? And it was totally him. But when I was 12, I completely did not recognize his voice. Even though pastor calls me out of a crowd, I'm, you know, freaking out because I'm 12 years old in front of a church. And... I had no, I, I was completely unaware that the Lord was speaking to me right then. Had no idea. And is it possible that the Lord is speaking? Is it possible that the Lord's saying things to us and we're totally unaware of it? We're, we're totally oblivious to God. And so um, earlier I was getting that, that there's so many things that, that God's saying, He's doing, He's showing us. But we just have eyes closed. We have ears closed to him. And, uh, and so I want to take you through some scriptures that kind of reveal this. And, uh, and then kind of give you the, the cure. The cure of what, 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 how can we hear from the Lord? How can we begin to recognize what he's saying, what he's doing? Um, if you go to John, go to John chapter 12. We'll start in verse uh, 28. It's 28. It says this. Uh, Jesus says this. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Notice what the people around are saying, what they're hearing. Think about the, the reality of God saying something audibly, him saying something, and people confusing it for thunder. Could that happen today? Could that happen tonight? Could God be saying something and we're just dismissing it as... Could, could, could he literally be saying something uh, specifically to you? Not even through me or through another person. 
But you right there in your seat, God himself saying to you things. And, oh, it's just thunder. It's just some natural thing. It's not God. It's not spiritual. So we see one, one type of person. They are a natural type of person. They are not acknowledging spiritual things. This voice came uh, from heaven and it's in the spirit. But it's, for them it sounded like thunder because their natural minds are all that they think it with. That's all, their, that's all their thoughts go to is the natural. And then there's another type of person who, who, who we see says, Oh, an angel spoke to him. An angel spoke to him. So they're aware of spiritual things to a degree, but then can't really recognize who's saying it. Maybe they can't recognize what's being said. And so there's, there's, the, there's the condition of the heart that says, yeah, there's something there. Yeah, God's, God's doing something there. Don't, can't see it clearly, can't hear it clearly, but there's something happening and it's, it's something spiritual for sure. But notice what they missed. They missed God himself saying it. The father is the one who spoke this. Who heard him say it? Who, who recognized who it was and who recognized what was said? Well, Jesus, he clearly heard them, heard his father. Who else? Well, probably John. I mean, he's the one writing this, right? So I'm assuming he heard it as well. So here's John, who's close with Jesus. He's hearing the voice of the father. He's, he's recognizing who it is in what's being said. So there's different conditions of the heart and there's different conditions where we can hear clearly. We can, it can be crisp. It can be something very specific. We can recognize uh, the intention behind it because didn't Jesus recognize the intention behind it? My, my Bible's flipping around here, but uh, if, you, if you read the next verse, it says... Uh, it says, then Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. So Jesus even knew why the voice had spoken. He knew that it wasn't for him. He was spiritually perceiving it. It was something where uh, there, there was probably confusion around this happening. Um, turn, to, turn to Matthew 13. See, these are these things that I'm, I'm talking about are tied together because if it's hard to it's hard to cast your cares on someone who you don't hear from. It's it's hard to trust someone's going to take care of something that you've never heard of, that you've never heard from. That you've never heard the whisper of uh, 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 and hear the love in his voice when he says something. You've, you've never received uh, his love personally by a word, something that happens in life. And when that happens, God says, see, I love you. And so if that's the case, you're going to just keep piling all these things on, all these cares, because I don't know if God's really caring for me. You can read it in the word. You can you can hear it from a preacher, but there's always going to be hesitation to do that if you haven't heard him yourself. If you haven't personally connected to him yourself, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, uh, I would say, impossible to trust someone who you don't know. 
So 13, Matthew 13, we'll start in verse 13. Look at the condition of, of these people. It says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, Jesus talking, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the heart, hearts of this people have grown dull. Their eyes are hard of hearing, their, ear, their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. Then he turns to his disciples and says in 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So we have the ability to hear. We have the ability when we step in. These people uh, that are part of uh, the Old Covenant, they're the Jewish people, their eyes are closed. Their hearts are, are dull. But is it possible for us to become that? I think, when, I think any person that gets saved instantly gets a heart that is made completely right and instantly gets a heart that has the ability to hear God right then and there. I know for me, when I came to God, I instantly started hearing His voice. It was clear. It was, wow, I got, I got the voice of the Lord on the inside of me. But, it, but I can say this, sometimes the clearness of his voice or, the, or the, uh, f- the frequency in which I hear him, meaning not frequency like noise frequency, but how often I hear from him, that's changed in my walk sometimes, up and down. And that's not because of God, but that's because of me. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'd be really just pursuing the Lord and I would be full on after him. And you, you know when that, that was happening? I would be, I, I would just hear the Lord automatically. Other times in my walk, you kind of take your foot off the gas. Am I the only one that's ever done that? It's not smart. It's not, I'm not preaching you should do it. I've done it, but it's, but when that happens, you know what, you know what also happens at the same time? I just tune out. Not on purpose, not like I wanted to tune out, but all of a sudden the voice of God, I just don't hear very often. And I, and, and I'm not seeking Him. As, as much as I should. And so therefore, I just don't hear him very often. Or when he's speaking, it's just like, oh, that's, that sounds good. Sounds good, right? But then, there, but then it's like, no, I need to be able to hear from the Lord. I need to be able to hear God's voice. I need direction. I need to, to have uh, something more than just a good idea to base my life off. I need his direction. I need his wisdom. And so when, when, when I would uh, get to a place where it was like, you know what, I've been noticing, I'm not hearing as well as I was. I'm not hearing clearly. I'm not seeing things the way I, I should be. I'm, I'm going to get deeper in. I'm going to dive back in. And if we will, if we will, if we will do that, we, we can all of a sudden, it'll be just crystal clear. I would say, if I were to ask who here has heard God speak to you personally? I'm, I'm betting majority in here would say they have. And, it, and if you haven't, that's not because the Lord isn't speaking to you. That's just a matter of getting, in, getting into a position 
of being able to hear. And it's our choice. It's our it's it's the choices we make. It's the it's the intent of our heart, whether we have a heart after him or not. And that determines whether we're going to hear hear him or not. And he's not holding back. You know, he doesn't hold back from anyone. He's not saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to speak to you. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you at all. I don't, you know, you can, you, you can pray all you want, but I'm not going to talk to you. I believe the Lord's speak. He responds to prayers. He, I believe that when we, we call out to him, that he answers. When we worship him, he responds. But it's up to us to, to get into a place to be able to hear that response. And it doesn't just, it doesn't just happen because we want it to. It happens because we've set our heart to hear him. We've set our heart to go after him. And so that's, that's what it takes, right? Um, you guys remember Solomon, right? Solomon. Uh, turn with me real quick to 1 Kings. First Kings chapter 3. Now Solomon, he's known as what? The wisest man. You know, the, the wisest man that ever lived. Obviously not as wise as Jesus. But he was known as the wisest man that ever, that ever lived. And in verse... So First Kings 3, um, verse 5 says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what shall I give you? And Solomon said... You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So, you know, most people think that, uh, that Solomon asked for wisdom. And in a way he did, but look at the way in which he asked it. An understanding heart. This is a heart that... That is the opposite of what Jesus described the Israelites as a dull heart. So wisdom is is really knowing what to do, when to do it, what to say, when to say it, knowing uh, exactly what you should do and, and how. And having an understanding heart is is uh, is basically he's saying this. I want to know what you're saying. I want to know what you're directing me to do. I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to be able to be guided by you. I'm just a little, I'm just a little kid, and I need, and, and I have such a great responsibility. I need to understand what you're telling me to do, and and therefore, uh, that's and this this pleased the Lord, and He granted it to him, and He said, you know, you didn't ask for riches or gold, but because you asked for this, I'm giving you. The wisdom, and I'm giving you an understanding heart, and all the riches and all the gold, and and so he and he blessed Solomon, Amen. So I I believe that the Lord's wanting us to hear Him. He wants us when He speaks that we're just like, oh, 
That was the, that was the voice of God right there. Did you hear what he just said? He just said this. He, you know, the Bible says that he has a still, small voice. One of the reasons um, that, that we tune him out is because we're, we're expecting him to speak differently than how he speaks. He doesn't speak in a booming voice. He doesn't overwhelm you. He's not going to come in like a puppet master and make you do stuff. He's going to speak to you in a still, small voice. That means you've got to get quiet. It means that we have, to, we have to get still before the Lord and hear him. He's speaking to us. Do we listen? He's saying things. He's trying to guide our life. He's trying to lead us to blessing after blessing. He's wanting to give us the wisdom to overcome the problem that's in front of us. We're saying, God, I need your help. God, speak to me. When really, we should say this, God, I'm just going to get quiet and I'm going to hear your voice. You know, one of the things I do for so going into the, the cure is one thing I do is I encourage myself with what he said. This is in John 10. Uh, if you turn to John 10 in verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, so I, ju- I just say, Lord, me hearing your voice isn't my idea. I didn't come up with this plan that I would hear you. It's not just a desire of my heart, but it's also something that you said I would hear. So I'm reminding you of your word that you speak and I get to hear it. When you talk, I get to know what you're saying. I get to follow you. So I encourage myself in in that. And then also uh, another thing that I do is I will uh, I will think back to all the times that I heard from the Lord. Do you have times where you've heard from God? Whether you know the Lord gave you specific direction, where he, he talked to you. You know, thinking on your victories, reminding yourself of when you've had success, and reliving those. It leads to more success. It's like, oh yeah, your voice said this, it sounded like this, and then when then that time when you told me this, and, and you'll begin to, you're just, what are you doing? You're replaying the voice of the Lord in your, in your heart. And when you do that, you're sensitizing yourself to him. You're, you're saying, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it again, like it's there right now. You know, um, when, when you're talking about faith, we're faith people around here. We believe that, that we're, we're to live by faith, that we can do things by faith that this world says we can't. How does that happen? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we got to be able to hear what he says. And if you look throughout scripture, um, the, the people who are doing the, the stuff, the people who are ha- seeing miracles, who are doing mighty works, who are changing the world, they're not following rule books. They're not just going through all the precepts. They're not just saying, okay... Um, I have to follow this principle. And then if I do this principle, this principle, this principle, this principle, I'll have success. I'll be able to do miracles. You know, unfortunately, the natural person part of us, 
We love formulas. We love 12-step programs. We love do this, do this, do this, and you're going to be fine, right? But the people in this book, they're not... Are they following principles? Yeah, most of, a lot of times they are, but what they're doing that we're missing is they're hearing the voice of God and doing what he says. I mean, there, if, if, you, if you think about all the times where um, they got specific direction and got healed. I mean, we don't, it's, not a, it's not a precept that if you, put, uh, if you spit in the dirt and make mud and put it on your eyes and wash it out, you'll get healed. But it was a word of the Lord at that time, and that person got healed because of that. It's not a rule. It's not a law. It's not a law that if you need to pay your taxes that you can go catch a fish and you'll find a piece of gold in in the fish's mouth and be able to pay your taxes. But it was a word from the Lord that time. And it's not a word of the... And it's it's not a precept or a rule that if you dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River that you're going to get healed of your your leprosy. But it was a word of the Lord that time. And see... In the Old Covenant, we, we lacked this. We couldn't just hear the Lord. If we wanted to hear the Lord, we had to go to a prophet. We had to go find a certain individual who could hear from God, who was anointed for the specific pers- purpose of hearing from God. And that was our connection. I want to hear the Lord. I need to find the prophet. Tell me where the prophet is. I'll go, and then I can finally do what the Lord is saying. But that was all done away with, with Jesus. That, that, when, the, when the veil was torn, we all got a direct link to God. We all got direct communication with God. To where we didn't have to go find the prophet. We could just get on our knees and say, God, how do I get healed? Hey God, how am I going to pay my taxes? Hey God, how am I going to do this? I'm going to cast this care on you. How, how, how are you going to take care of this, God? What's the, what's the prescribed method here? And when we get the word, when we get the instruction, when we hear from heaven and we, and we obey, because there's that part of it too, right? Jesus talked about heeding his word in Mark 4. He talked about heeding his word. I'm just going to read it now since I brought it up. Wasn't planning on saying it, but Mark 4 and... Verse 24. It's right after the parable of the sower where he's talking about the word being sown, getting the word of God. It says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not, even what he has will be taken away from him. One of the ways your heart can grow dull is by just not heeding what the Lord has already told you to do. I mean, that, that's one of the, the, the quickest ways. One of the best prescriptions of having a dull heart is falling on your knees and repenting. Saying, God, I missed your voice along the way. I, you, you told me something and I didn't listen. I didn't do what you said. If that's the case, that, that's going to do something that causes your heart to grow dull. You're going to have a hard-hearing heart. If, if, we're not, if, 
if we're going to hear the Lord, he's going to tell us, he's going to give us the answer. And we're like, yeah, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do my own thing. Or, Lord, that's too hard. I don't know, I don't know if I want to do that. You, you remember Saul, uh, Saul, King Saul, right? And, uh, and he had the word of the Lord come to him many a time about David being king. But did he heed the voice of the Lord? Nope. He, he decided to, to do his own thing. He decided not to humble himself. And, and what happened to him? His heart was turned so hard that he was made like an animal. And so talk about an extreme version of a hard heart. And that's, that's, that's what happens when we'll, when we'll hear the voice of God and just play it off as nothing or not, not take it as something that is, is of importance or is optional. That, that's, that's the end result of that. But if we'll hear his voice and do what he says, you know what happens the next time you need to hear from God? It's automatic. It's easier. It's right there. See, it should be this. It should be, and, and, and this, is, this is the way God intended it, that when we have a question, we ask him and he's just, he just answers it. If that's not what's normally taking place, and, you know, in our, in our Christian uh, circles, we like to, to say, I'll pray about it a lot, right? I'll pray about it. It's like, cool, I'll give you 10 seconds. Ready, go. <laughs> like, like, pray about it then. Like, it sounds like you're going to go spend three hours on your knees to get a quick answer. Usually, if that's the case, which I've had to do that, but usually if that's the case... It's something inside of here that's off, and it takes three hours to get it right. It's not because God at the beginning was like, yeah, I'm going to make you work for this one. <laughs> you have to labor a little while for this. No, it was me getting my heart right. You know, I, I, I've told the story of when uh, I was, I was at seeking the Lord on what to do before I got hired here. Uh, I didn't know being hired here was an option at the time. It was... It was either go to Bible college in Oklahoma or, or stay here and keep doing what I was doing, which was uh, insurance. And so I was, I was seeking the Lord on what to do. I, talk, I think I've said this before. I, we had just sold our house and made a good chunk of change off of it so I could go to Bible college. It all made sense in the natural. It all pointed like going to Bible college was totally the right idea because... Man, everything lined up. Everything just lined up perfectly. We could, we could, I could go to Bible college, work, you know, highly part time, and we would be just fine for the next couple of years. And uh, and so I was, that's and and then after thinking on it, and you know, and, and that is going to Bible college a um, an evil thing? Absolutely not, right? You'd say, well, why would why wouldn't that be God? Why wouldn't it be? Why would you even have to pray about it? Because I don't want to do just a good thing. I want to do a God thing. I don't want to just do whatever I decide I want to do. I want to know what the Lord has planned for me. He does have plans for me and He does have plans for you. He does have a specific thing that He wants you to do in life. He has a path for you. And a very specific one. The Bible says that His Word is a, is a lamp unto our feet. And, and the, the, His path. I forget the rest of it. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Just, just left. But that we have a path. 
We have a path that the Lord has put us on. It's very specific. It's not like, do whatever you want. You know, Jesus said, uh, wide is the way uh, to, to death, but narrow is the path to life. So that means that it's not just I get to do whatever I want. I, I get to do whatever the Lord wants. You know, we like to say uh, sometimes to our kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's, that's a bad question. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be getting our kids to think like that. We should be thinking, hey, has the Lord said anything about what you're going to do with your life? Because His plan is the right plan. It works out in their best interest. It makes them the most successful. And eventually, we're all going to stand before God and give an account of our life. And he's going to compare our life to his plan. That's how it's going to be. Which did you... Well, well, I was very successful in this. And I was a very successful business person. And I... And I helped, and I gave a ton of money to the poor, and I, I helped out all these people. Uh, that's, that's fine. Good job on doing your own thing, but you didn't do what I told you to do, and you didn't do what I had planned for you. And if you had, this is what it would look like. And so we're, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we do. And so we have to be hearing from him. We have, to, we have to live a life that's directed step by step from him. Going back to where I started on this story, I was, I, I was determining whether I was going to go to Bible college or not. And, uh, and, I, and I was up for, from like 10 o'clock at night to about 2 in the morning praying, seeking the Lord on what to do. Because it was like I had to have an answer. The registration for Bible college was... Uh, in, in this other state was about to come to a close and I didn't and it was like I had to make the decision one way or the other the time was time was up and I was I remember praying and praying and praying and I, I had what the, the whole time I'm praying I'm I'm going in with I hope the answer is this I hope this is the answer anyone ever do that no you guys are way more holy than I am I kept, I kept going, well, I hope the answer is this. Hope the answer is this. So my heart was set on something, and it, was, it happened to be set on the wrong thing. And so what ended up happening is it took me three or four hours for my heart to just dial in and say, not what I want, God, but what do you want for me? And as soon as I got to a place of that being the truth in my heart, he told me, he said, I want you to stay. Don't want you to go to Bible college. I have something bigger in store for you. It was within a month, month and a half, and I was offered a position as the children's director. But I would totally have missed what God wanted me to do. But it took me getting quiet, getting my heart adjusted, so I could hear what he had to say. Because the whole time, I believe this, the Lord, as soon as I prayed it, he answered me. But my heart was dull to that answer. Could, could your heart be dull to certain things, certain things that the Lord would say just because it's set in a certain direction? I believe that, I believe that is the case for a lot of us, where we're just not fully submitted to the plan of God, not fully submitted to the heart of the Lord, where, he, where we can say, no, Lord, really, whatever you want, whatever you really want, I want to do. And if we'll do that, hearing from him is going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, 
guys got anything? Cool. I always have something. <laughs> uh, I just have this one, one thing, this, and excellent, very good, very good, uh, very good stuff here uh, tonight. Um, in part, for those who came down earlier and did things, but in full for, for every one of us, uh, there is grace available to you to do what the Lord leads you to do. There is not grace to do something else. And so when we know, we have to set aside other things. And if we don't, they will burden us. They will become heavy. They will weigh on us. And you can pray all day long. Oh, Lord, give me the strength. Lord, just help me with this. Help me carry the load. He's not going to. If you're carrying something that you weren't intended to carry, you weren't called to carry, you weren't graced to do, it will just be hard. But there absolutely is sufficient grace to be in your place. And so what I want to, just just the, the brief thing here, I wouldn't be surprised at all if some, uh, while listening about hearing the voice of the Lord, or, well, some came up here to unload, that you knew something. You heard, you heard from God. Maybe you didn't know it was Him, but you heard something. It's vital because you're unloading. God has given you relief. His grace is helping you and giving you strength. But if you come up here and leave something, let, let, let me, can I borrow your purse, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> See, he has one. <laughs> if, if you come up here, you know, and I cast all my care upon you, Lord, I just uh, thank you for your strength. Thank you for your grace. You lighten the load. I give it all to you. You are my source and my strength. Thank you, Lord. Your will be done. I'm just here to submit my life to your will. Thank you. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that's what we do sometimes. We give it all to him, and then we end the prayer, and we just grab it, and then we go back doing what we were doing. And sometimes it's a sin that burdens us, and we repent, and we get, get it right. We, I'm not going that way anymore. And, and we're sincere at the moment. And He really embraces us and washes us, and it's wonderful. And then we pick it up and go back again. So, heads up, just warning, 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 warning. Leave it here. Don't take it out of here with you. Maybe you already picked it back up again. Stop it. And if you got direction, if you got words, if you got you you know on the inside, take that very seriously and say, "I'm going that way because that's what I'm graced to do. That's where God's power enables me to be strong and live a full life." Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand. Unless there's something else. Well, come, come say it if you need to say it. This is a believer's meeting, so if you ever get... Uh, we don't have 
uh, an ending time officially. We could go on and on or we could be done. Never get mad. Just leave. <laughs> we don't want bad attitude in here. If you have to go, you go. Uh, but if it goes on, then we're, we just stay open to that. Okay? Hey, who, who in here is...